0: It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. The one, the only, the great Jeremy Rutherford from the athletic is our Blues insider. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning, Randy, Michelle. How are you guys doing? Everything's good. Man, you have been busy at The Athletic. You've had so many great stories of late, and we're going to get to the latest one about Oscar Sundquist. But have you had a favorite that has stuck out for you lately?
1: Uh, it just seems like, uh, you know, it's day after day. You, you just look for the next good one and, and pursue it. And uh, quite honestly, you look back and kind of forget what you've, you've done. But, uh, you know, they've all been fun to sit with Scott Pronovich's parents uh, the other night during the game and just see their reaction, not only when he did his rookie lap uh, around the ice, but even throughout the game, guys, there were times where the puck was down at the opposite end, and uh, you could see Prinovich's mom and dad, Jim and Susan, just kind of stand up in their seats and try to peer over the crowd and look down in the corner to see what they were doing. And, you know, you just think about all the skates they've been to at 5 o'clock in the morning and practice his games, tournaments, all the money they've shelled out, and uh, it all culminated – with uh, being able to watch his first game. So to see that reaction up close, I, I felt like was a lot of fun. It
0: was. It was great to see that on the broadcast, too, JR. But as Randy mentioned, you have a, a great new piece out at The Athletic about Oscar sunquist and his return to the Blues. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's something. Uh, I actually got a hold of uh, Oscar a couple of months ago and spent some time on the phone with him um, to try to do something in depth like the story that's published today. So this one. Uh, you know, was was kind of months in the making. And I remember in that conversation with Oscar saying, listen, you know, guys gravitate towards you on the ice in terms of follow the way that you play. Like you play fearless. Where did this come from? And a lot of times, you know, you'll get an answer like, I don't know. It's just how I play. And you move on to the next question. But in this case, when I asked Oscar Sunquist that question, he said, well, my dad was a member of the uh, national Alpine ski team for years in Sweden and so he used to take us uh ski and and he would just take us to the top of the hill and we'd look down and <laughs> just scared out of our minds and, <laughs> and didn't know what else to do but there's only one way down and so I'm like come again you <laughs> tell me this story so anyway I I had a chance to to speak with his dad as well Anders Sunquist and you know once you spend some time on the phone with him and and really listen to the story uh, about Oscar Sunquist, you know, being a skier, being a soccer player. In soccer, he learned how to read plays, uh, follow the triangle, and where the ball's going to go next. And you kind of see and put together how he became this uh, great hockey player with a combination of that fearless nature, but also, you know, the the ability to read things and then bring the skill factor into everything. So uh, to me, that's what I gained from the story talking to them is we, we watch Oscar Sunquist and we know how he plays, but to he- hear him and his family talk about how that developed, I think, really puts a good explanation behind it.
0: And, J.R., you, you note in the piece how rough of a season Sonny had in his first year here in St. Louis. And that's where I give him a ton of credit because he went from bottom of the, the barrel for the Blues to being one of their most important players. I would argue that he's among their three most important players.
1: Yeah, I would say that, too. And, and, Randy, as I was working on the story the past uh, couple of weeks, uh, the one thing that kept coming to mind was after that first season, so he had one goal and five points. I believe it was 42 games that first season in St. Louis. He was only making 675000 I know he's a restricted free agent, so you're going to hang on to that guy. You're, you're not moving him. But I just didn't know that he was in, even going to be part of their plans that following year. And so to not only be part of their plans, but to be a, a, such a big factor on that fourth line with Alexander Steen and Ivan Barbashev and make that run uh, to the Stanley Cup, uh, just terrific what Oscar Sunquist was, was able to do in terms of uh, kind of turning around his career. Jr. the Blues
0: have to turn things around now, having lost four in a row, three in regulation. Uh, what's your confidence level on a scale of one to five about the Blues being able to turn this around? And let's not even talk about Stanley Cup. Let's just talk about be one of the top three teams in their division.
1: Yeah. Well, let's say it first, you know, the game the other night against Arizona was just flat out ugly. And I think anybody who watched that has every reason to be kind of disappointed and discouraged about the way they're playing. Um, I think that they can play much better. The one thing is we saw it early in the season. And so I'm for sure not going to go through any excuses like it's cyclical. It's a long season. Uh, they were without Ryan O'Reilly and Tory Krug and all these guys. Hey, listen, there's teams around the league. Look at San Jose, the opponent tonight. They've gone through as much as anybody in the league, and they're still right around that 500 mark. So I I do think the Blues are going to be able to grab it back just based on getting some of these guys back and and healthy and and, and ready to play again. You know, Torrey Krug was a big factor in the game uh, the other night. But they've got to show that they won it. And when you go into that game against Arizona and you only have one regulation win in your last seven and you've got Krug back and O'Reilly's up to speed and Sod's up to speed and you display the effort, the performance that you did against Arizona the other night, then I think you just open up yourself to a ton of questions. So, you know, can they win tonight? Can they get it back on track? I, I do think we'll see the blues team we saw the first five games of the year kind of come back to life a little bit here in the new future. But, you know, they they certainly gotta prove that. We can't just say that they will.
0: Yeah, JR, how concerning is it for fans that we're sitting here in mid November and we're already hearing Craig Bruby talk about a lack of effort or a lack of urgency?
1: Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And so uh, we watched that game the other night. Just so many cautious plays and, like you said, lack of urgency. And we saw, what, two drop-back passes in that one sequence and both got turned over. And, you know, you're talking about an Arizona team who had no business coming in here and winning it, and you're going to set them up for plays like that. I asked Craig Ruby yesterday, and I probably should have started the question off a little bit differently, but I said, Craig, I know the drop-back passes part of the game today because it is we see it a lot and uh, i didn't even get that much out of my question and he said no it's not no it's not (laughs) we play north south it's not part of the game (laughs) and so i mean if they're going to turn this thing around randy and michelle i mean you can't see that kind of stuff this has to be a get up the ice you know four waves four lines move the puck defensive, you know, support for the defense. There's been a lot of plays where I, I think the defense has failed them, but in part it's because they haven't had that support from the forward. So um, they just have to play. We hear it all the time. They've got to play a lot more connected than they're doing right now.
0: I ask this as an avowed fan of Chief, and I've asked you this before, Jr. because he is in the last year of his contract, and I got uh, texts from three different people unsolicited the other night about uh, – coaches that they would like to see the Blues uh, have uh, the Blues behind the bench for. And so i I got to ask you, as we move along here, is it inevitable that Craig Berube finishes the season as the Blues head coach?
1: You know, I I don't think it's inevitable, especially when you're asking, you know, during a stretch like this. You know, I will say that it's interesting – that they decided maybe to postpone the contract extension, if there is to be one, not get it done before the season. Let this season play out and just kind of watch and see how the team does under Craig Bruby before they make a, a future commitment uh, to him. I'm not there yet in terms of saying that Craig Bruby is no longer the guy for this job. You know, I, I I'm there, you know, just about every day and and witness uh, you know the practices and what the players say about him and, and so on and so forth and. You know, so you don't want to look at this right now as a rut. You definitely have to, have to be realistic about how the team's playing and where they're going, um, you know. And if this continues, then then obviously that conversation could be had in the coming months. Uh, but uh, to me, uh, I think they kind of set the tone by saying we're going to watch how this season plays out before we decide what we're going to do with Craig Bruby. And, you know, when you go through stretches like this, those questions are going to be part of everyday interviews. So so uh, to me, I'm not quite there yet. I still think he, he's doing a good job, but he's certainly going to have to figure out a way to, to help this team play better.
0: Jr. always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the insight. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks a lot.